You're listening to the Voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveler. And today's story is Riddles with a Raven by Casimir Lasky, whose debut novel, Winter Without End, a post-apocalyptic survival story told from the perspective of a dog, is now available from Fenris Publishing. He also operates the YouTube channel Cardinal West, primarily devoted to discussion of literary xenofiction and Western animation. Please enjoy Riddles with a Raven by Casimir Lasky. Renard the fox was in a bit of a bind. Of this he was quite certain the only trouble was determining the particulars. He sat on a gnarled stump, watching the languid summer evening melt into dusk over the Breton shoreline, listening to the vulgar speech of the jackdaws in the pines above. The fire in their blood would soon subside with the passing of their mating season, and the thought of cycles beyond the reach of man's iron grip brought with it a tinge of peculiar solace. He flicked his black-furred ears, testing the cool air, check once more for any sign of unwanted passerby. The tangled growth around him hummed with the easy contentment of nature undisturbed. Renard was glad to know that for all he had changed, the wilds still welcomed him as one of their own. And yet he had changed. Vanity, vanity, he mused aloud, and the earth remains forever. When the setting sun narrowed his pupils to slits, Renard shifted the brim of his hat to catch its fire. Fingering the worn, faded medallion of St. Christopher, canine-headed patron of travelers, storms, and bachelors, that hung around his neck, he forced his scattered thoughts through the foggy lens of his current predicament. He was a fox in a man's world, and for as long as he had known the fact, Reynard had loved it. With a tongue sharper than tempered steel and a wit quicker than a jackrabbit on fire, he tugged at strings from the shadows with gleeful guile. For years beyond count, he had left his mark across Europe under more names than he cared to recall. From the shores of the sparkling Aegean to the storied halls of Aachen Palace. From the battlefields on the borders of Christendom to the heart of Rome itself. He had bested beast and man, had made mock of kings and beggars of bankers. Townsfolk delighted in his debauchery as they damned his misdeeds and warned their children against his example while lauding his cunning. Peasants clothed him in the extravagant attire of bishops, and bishops cloaked him in the bedraggled rags of their unruly flocks. For more than a millennium, he'd played the antagonist, and gladly. After all, virtue was the consort of wisdom, and whoever gained in the latter profited in sorrow. Naturally, anyone with an ounce of wisdom would know to avoid gaining it. Besides, for someone so fleet of foot, it was always better to let the devil take the hindmost anyway. And yet, of late, a grander sort of change had come over the land the fox had long called home, borne aloft in the smoke of embers, long smoldering across the continent, only recently loosed to open flame. On the rare occasions when Renard still dared to don a human guise, he could even catch jagged shards of it in half-heard whispers from dim-lit pub corners. The seeds sown by Huss and Wycliffe had finally borne bloody fruit in Wittenberg, and now all across Europe, house moved against house and nation against nation. Peasant toppled prince as barons slew Bürer, and men of God squabbled in the mud for the right to damn the other properly, so that all might be saved as the good Lord Jesus Christ intended. The old order had been shaken to its core, which should have delighted Renard. 
For after all, he had lived his entire life in defiance of authority, decency, and all other forms of tyranny other than his own, naturally. All he asked was that the crooks of the world be as honest as he wasn't. If there was one thing others could count on him for, it was that they could never count on him. But now even that ignoble status was no longer his exclusive domain. To put it more succinctly, in a world where dissent itself had become commonplace, where the fires of doubt and disorder now found ready timber in even the lowliest of hearts, what higher purpose did a trickster hold? And beyond that lay a deeper problem, a lurking poison that this sudden upheaval had forced him to confront. The world was slowly closing to him and his kin. The steady march of progress with legions of friars and scholars at its van, and an ever-growing populace filling in the ranks, had left ever-dwindling room for myth and magic. Where he reveled in the mysteries of the unknown mankind had never failed the bulk at its challenge, and as of late they had grown rather effective in dredging creation for its secrets. Change, the one constant he had always counted on, was finally turning her terrible power against him. At that, the fox allowed himself a rueful smirk. He always did appreciate a good trick. When he raised his eyes to catch the final glimmer of daylight dancing on the distant wave crests, he found that one of the randy jackdaws had settled down on a nearby branch. The bird, too large for a jackdaw, he now realized, watched him with unblinking eyes. Hello, little raven, Reynard crooned, clasping a hand to his heart. Come to whisper secret news from far-off lands. The bird merely blinked. Or perhaps just to listen to a fool ramble in the woods like a bloody anchorite, the fox grumbled. The raven took a short, tentative hop along the spindly tree limb, then a second bolder one when Renard remained still. Its beady eyes flitted over his form from the crown of russet fur supporting his wide-brimmed hat to the white-tipped brush hanging limply behind his worn tunic. Tap, the raven croaked softly. Renard slouched forward, resting his muzzle on his clasped forepaws. Tack, said the raven more insistently. Pleasure to meet you, Tack, Renard murmured. Now be off with you. Can't you see I'm trying to suffer in peace? He waved a dismissive hand. The raven studied his face, then lunged for his throat. By reflex, the fox swiped a claw at the flurry of wings, catching only a pair of feathers black as midnight. But the scheming bird had already retreated to the other side of the clearing, clutching a silver treasure in its beak. Renard's hand raced to his throat to find his medallion missing. Burning with malice, his yellow eyes fixed upon the thief, it strutted back and forth upon the ground, flapping its wings in triumph. Tack, tack, said Tack. Renard leapt to his feet with a snarl. Give that back! The bird froze watching with beady black eyes. Fox thought carefully on his next move, and let some of the tension pass from his limbs. Please, he said more softly, trying his best to sound defeated. To his surprise, the bird simply hopped over and deposited the trinket at his feet, then cocked its head inquisitively. Hmm, Renard muttered. Thank you. He snatched the medallion from the earth, tended to rub the dirt from it, and found to his surprise that the chain had not been broken. How did you... He trailed off, studying little Corvid more thoroughly.
As far as he could tell, apart from its smaller stature, it looked no different from any other raven. There's more to you than meets the eye, isn't there, Tech? Renard chuckled to himself, glancing up at the starscape blooming overhead. Against a backdrop so black he could have held a thousand of the raven's kin, the stars blazed with faint white fire. When he looked back at the dirt, the bird was gone. Renard twisted, his eye catching a flash of black riding the wind. Tack sailed up into the looming shadow of a hawthorn, lighted on one of its branches, and cawed. When the fox did not move, Tech grew more insistent. What is it? he asked, rising to stand. As he did so, the bird took off once more, circling back when he did not give pursuit. You want me to follow you? he asked. Tack, said Tech, leaping into the air a third time. Renard hurried after the eager little raven, trusting his vulpine eyes to see him safely through the tangle of brush and roots. He resolved to remain alert for signs of a trap, but when his ears first caught the melody, any semblance of reserve left him. The woman's voice carried through the forest like it was her own private cathedral, the notes soft and cold like snowfall in a long winter night. Renard could not make out the words, but neither did he feel the need to. He slowed to a gentle walk as the song grew louder, and quite by accident stumbled into a moonlit clearing. There, only a few paces before him, stood a pale-skinned woman cloaked in glistening white, her hair black as the raven that had led him. Every woman the fox met was attractive, except for the homely ones, of course, and yet Reynard could not help but be captivated by her beauty, which drew him in almost like the scent of a bleeding hair would a normal fox, more himself in the right circumstances. Taking care not to disturb the translite performance, Renard slunk up to the mysterious figure, feeling his blood rise step by step. Letting the last notes of her song fade into the night air, the woman concluded with her back to him, remaining still as a statue, even when he finally moved to break the silence. I don't believe we've met, my lady. Oh, I know you well enough, Renard the fox. The woman replied with the grace of a queen, admonishing a well-meaning yet clumsy handmaiden. She turned to meet him, meeting his gaze in a way few men had ever dared. Not nearly so well as I should like, the fox said with a grin, flashing his fangs. I'm sure you've had no dearth of dalliances with dashing maidens. Renard's smirk widened. Oh, darling, you don't know the half of it. To his surprise, the woman turned her back and began strutting away. Without thinking, he trotted after her. My lady, you know my name, but I'm afraid I don't know yours. I would... Renard, Renard, she said, almost like a vixen cooing to a disobedient pup. You always need to have the upper hand, don't you? She glanced to his right, and when Renard followed the woman's gaze, he found Tex sitting patiently on a branch. It appears you've attracted the interest of one of my children, Fox. Renard glanced from the raven to the woman and back. Before he could speak, the former erupted in a flurry of black feathers. In the time it took the fox to blink in surprise, she stood before him, not as a pale-skinned human, but as a great raven, looming over his slender form with the moon crowning her head like some corvid Madonna. Renard, however, was no stranger to the strange. I seem to be in a bit of trouble, he admitted ruefully. What kind of trouble? 
the raven asked, staring at the gaze that could pierce stone. That's just the problem, and I haven't a clue. Her corvid eyes softened. But I can't exactly help you if I don't know what I'm dealing with. But if you do puzzle it out, I may be of assistance. But if I knew what the problem was, I wouldn't need your help solving it. Of course. And then I would be happy to give it to you. Bernard furrowed his brow. That doesn't help me. If it did, you wouldn't need me. Mischief danced in the great bird's eyes. But are you quite sure you are indeed in trouble to begin with? Well, naturally, the fox replied. I always had a nose for trouble. Never could keep myself out of it. The only problem being that this trouble isn't trouble I've sought, and that, I suppose, is the trouble. The raven fluffed her feathers, then stood up straighter. Hmm. I have a proposition for you. Since you are so fond of wordplay, I will help you, if you are able to answer a few riddles of my own. Bernard cocked his head. Riddles? Really? The raven stared at him with unblinking eyes. Please humor me. You can get so dreadfully dull around here. I suppose I have no alternative, the fox replied. If I answer your riddles, you shall give me, if you answer my riddles correctly, the raven interjected. Reynard raised his hands. Of course, of course, if I answer your riddles correctly, then you shall in turn give me the advice I seek. And if you cannot solve them, the raven rumbled, leaning in till their ebony beak rested only inches from his muzzle, poised like a dagger ready plunged into his skull. She cocked her head slightly, a sly gleam sparking in her great midnight eyes. Your life will be forfeit. The fox's blood ran cold. For a moment, he knew the fear of one of his four-legged namesakes at the burst of the hunter's horn. Taking a sizable step back, he stammered, that's, that's hardly a fair deal. The raven simply stared at him a moment before breaking into a fit of raucous, cawing laughter. The fear in the fox's veins quickly trickled into tepid annoyance. Reynard the fox preaching to me about fairness. Perhaps tomorrow the old wolf will arrive to announce he's off to join a cloister and admonish me for my savagery. The great bird composed herself letting out a final chuckle. I was merely jesting, Fox. I thought you of all people would be keen enough to catch sarcasm. If I win, she went on, you must hand over that shiny little trinket of yours. She stretched out a massive wing, brushing the tips of her feathers over the canine features of St. Christopher. But, Reynard clutched the medallion. Fine. But you have to answer three of my riddles as well. I was hoping you would suggest that. Her voice was rich with satisfaction. And I get three guesses, three for each riddle we both do. Fair enough. As my guest, you may begin. Oh, all right, Bernard said, lifting his hat to scratch the russet fur underneath. Let me think. Ah, here. As small as a mouse, as fleet as a hawk. I see with my ears whenever I talk. Renard folded his hands. I'd like to see you a bat, the raven cut in. The fox splayed his ears, tail drooping. Well, let's hear your first one, then. 
Clasping his hands behind his back, he swallowed his unease. The raven's eyes slid shut as she lifted her head, and her voice that carried a hint of melody recited, The fox cannot outsmart me, the deer can never flee. My approach the rabbit cannot hear, nor can the eagle see. The master of all living things, routine obedience I demand, and even man with all his tricks cannot for long escape my hand. She waited a few seconds, then opened her eyes. Make your guess. I wanted to be sure you'd finished, Renard muttered, scratching at his ear. The raven narrowed her eyes. All right, let's see. The fox began pacing slowly, thinking aloud as he cut a circuit through the clearing, gesticulating into the night air. Something cannot be outsmarted or outrun. Invisible and silent, masterful living things requiring our routine obedience. Something even man cannot avoid for long. His first thought was death, to which all living beings inevitably succumbed. But death could be outrun in some forms, and even outsmarted, come to think of it. And it was hardly always unseen and unheard. He paused mid-stride, glancing at his company, who was watching him with eyes that revealed nothing. Time is an aging. That's technically two answers, the raven replied coolly, both of which are incorrect, though for the sake of continuing our little game, I'll count them as one guess. Renard curled his outstretched paw into a fist and huffed out a breath, nostrils flaring. Routine obedience I demand, the raven added, something that must be obeyed regularly. I know what routine obedience means, the fox snapped. Your answers did not suggest that. He turned his back to the great bird, only to find her lesser kin staring up at him. When he caught Tech's eye, the little raven returned to pecking for seeds among the grass. Hunger, Reynard whispered to himself. They began checking off the hints on his claws. Satisfied, he whirled to face his challenger once more, straightened his back, and held his tail high. Hunger, he said boldly. The raven's beak cracked into a semblance of a smile. Very good. She bowed her head slightly, inviting his next riddle. The fox searched his mind for something trickier, something vaguer, which it seemed to him was the key to the whole art of riddle-making. Ha! He cleared his throat. Earthen vessel, crown of stone, a port of call for lands unknown, a silent shrine, a lasting home. The raven sat motionless for a moment, then blinked slowly. Renard felt a grin creep across his muzzle. Quite good, the raven muttered. Renard could barely conceal his glee. If only I could unearth the answer, the fox froze. I'm sure some would find it rather morbid, his claws dug into the pads of his paws, because the answer is a grave. Damn it! The fox wiped a paw across his face, dragging it over his muzzle. Closing his eyes, he forced out a deep breath. Yes, that is the answer. For what it's worth, I quite enjoyed it, the raven said. Tack, said Tack. Little bird left into the air circling the clearing before lighting on Renard's shoulder. The raven once more composed herself, inclining her ebony beak towards the silver moon blazing beyond the darkened treetops. 
A ravenous wolf, it comes and goes, from danger flees, in peace it grows. It gnaws the mind, this formless fiend, and fills the spaces in between. Bernard stood motionless, staring blankly into the shadows. Tech shuffled softly on his shoulder, head bobbing to a rhythm the fox couldn't hear. Something that avoids danger and feeds on peace, he mumbled, eyes straining, as if he could will the answer to appear in the darkness before him. Afflicts the mind, fills in empty spaces. He turned his head to see Tech still perched on his shoulder, watching him with what could have been sympathy, amusement, or even consternation. Melancholy? the fox asked. The raven replied with a hesitant, No. So I was close then. As soon as the question left his muzzle, he whirled to face her, raising his voice. No, that, that doesn't count as a guess. Renard, are you laboring under the misconception that I'm some sort of devil out to bind you unjustly to the letter of an infernal deal? I'm doing this for the love of the craft. A little good-natured clash of wits, that's all. When you live the lives I have, it doesn't exactly foster a trusting nature. The raven chuckled quietly, eyes softening. Goodness, you truly need to broaden your social horizons. Bernard raised a hand to forestall any further sermonizing. If it's not melancholy, then perhaps... He squinted, tapping a clawed finger to his shin. Love? He looked cautiously at the raven. You were closer the first time. Her voice carried a tinge of disappointment. Renard pondered her words carefully. It was closer to melancholy than love that surely ruled out lust and rage. But if it wasn't any of those, what could it be? What emotion would fill emptiness more than sorrow? Boredom, he shouted, then shrank back, studying the raven from the corner of his eye. Once again, she smiled. Correct. Renard breathed out deeply. Tech launched from his shoulder, circling the two and squawking out a string of corvid cries. Renard rifled through the most difficult riddles he could recall, discarding each almost as soon as his mind clutched at it, knowing that anything he'd remember would surely be known to the raven. It would have to be another of his own devising. He thought of possible subjects and worked backwards to construct their hints, forcing them into stanzas and ensuring that only one answer could be reasonably inferred. To her credit, the raven waited patiently, until the first hints of dawn were just beginning to smolder in the eastern sky. I suppose this will have to do, Renard whispered to himself. Tech fluttered down to land atop his wide-brimmed hat. Tech, the bird said. Certainly, the fox replied, then raised his voice. Here is my final riddle. As countless lines are daily writs, this archivist must ponder well and deem the greater share unfit for long within his tomes to dwell. His voice hung in the air, melding into the gentle rustle of leaves. Somewhere in the tracks of pre-dawn darkness, a thrush began to sing. The raven sat silent for a long time as Renard waited, hardly daring to breathe. Knowledge? she finally asked. The fox's heart soared. No! Oh! Memory. Renard let loose a drawn-out sigh, shoulders slumping. Yes, he paused. 
You, you could at least have given a second wrong answer before guessing correctly. Where's your sense of drama? If it's any consolation, I found that one quite charming. It really isn't, the fox hissed through clenched teeth. But never mind that. Let's have your last one. Very well, the great bird began preening. Tech fluttered from the fox's hat to the forest floor and resumed searching for seeds. And I cleared his throat. You're not very patient, the raven observed dryly. Fox clasped his forepaws. Patience has never been one of my strong suits, he admitted ruefully. I am rather used to holding all the cards. I can see that. Dragging her beak through the feathers of her wing a final time, the raven spoke. From this font is the greatest power derived. By it mighty ambitions must wither or thrive. Without it a monarch's crown means not, nor with money could goods be sold or bought. Congregations and armies are held in sway by its binding as fear is washed away, and while men and nations alike may die, to this need no such check apply. Renard listened carefully, sorting through the possibilities almost as fast as he excluded them. God, wealth, strength, nature, time, rage, fear, but none of them fit. Passion, perhaps? Passion alone would not secure a kingdom or placate a crowd. Wit? he asked. Wit has a tendency to die much in the same manner as men and nations, the raven said, and I don't recall it having much to do with currency holding value. Though you do appear to be on the proper path. Currency, Renard muttered, narrowing his eyes. Lifting his hat, he tried to clawed hand through the loose fur atop his head, pondering the raven's words. It gave power to generals and priests, kings and merchants, could banish fear and elude the reach of death. That last thought gave him an idea. Myself? He asked, hesitantly. The raven stared at him a moment, then broke into a fit of raucous laughter. I mean, us, in general, the fox explained. Whatever it is we are. Fae, spirits, diamonds, devils, gods, etc. In a strange, roundabout, yet still incorrect way, the raven mused, chuckling again as Raynard's countenance fell. You are almost right, almost, more so in your case than mine. What do you- Raynard bit off his question with a snarl. A source of power that even he drew on related to wit, but more than mere keenness of mind. Here the fox's thoughts trailed off hopelessly. He wasn't one for prayer, but desperation drove his paw to the medallion of the dog-headed saint, as if, owing to their common beastly nature, Christopher might intercede on his behalf this once. As his paws created the cool silver, savoring its soft sting, a thought flickered to life amid the void of despair. Believe, the fox murmured softly to himself. He reviewed the riddle line by line. A font of great power, Tin to the flame of ambition, source of authority for those of myriad stations, the very essence that gave currency its value, 
an antidote to fear, able to rally armies and form faiths, dwelling in the hearts of man, yet able to live far beyond any individual. Belief, he said firmly. The raven bowed her head. It appears your reputation does not entirely fail to do you justice, Reynard the Fox. Tack let loose a string of mocking caws dancing around his feet. Or perhaps they were triumphant this time. Reynard couldn't be sure whose side the little bird was on. Nonetheless, he grinned. If my entire reputation was built on lies, would that not be rather fitting? He touched the brim of his hat, giving the faintest hint of a bow. Now I've solved your riddles, Raven. It's time you upheld your end of our bargain. As it happens, I've already given you the advice you were seeking. Renard whirled to face her. What do you... But here the fox paused, mouth hanging open. The riddles? He said, more to himself than her. Indeed. Renard ticked them off on his claws. Hunger, boredom, belief. I fail to see their relevance to my own predicament. What are you? The raven asked abruptly. Renard eyed her slyly. More riddles? Humor me, fox. What are you? He drew himself up. Why, I am the turning of the leaves and the changing. No, 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 the raven croaked, waving one of her great wings. I did not ask for more riddles, nor inquire as to who you are. I asked what you are. I... Reynard stayed up at the great bird, his thoughts scattering like magpies at the crack of a cannon. He held up a forefinger, then let it drop, his shoulders slouching, tail drooping to the dirt. I don't know. To be honest, I've never really given it much thought. Well, you are most certainly not a man, and neither are you a fox, though you name yourself one, and wear distinctly vulpine skin. Why is that? Because I'm a trickster. It's in my nature. It just makes sense. He let his gaze drift away, voice dropping to a whisper. Doesn't it? Are my own children not possessed of wit? Do you forget the cunning of the wolf or the serpent or the hare who outfoxes your own kin? But you are not Renard the raven or Renard the rabbit. To say nothing of man who I should think has proven to be quite a talented trickster in his own right. And yet you feel, to the deepest core of your being, that you are a fox at heart. Since you seem so keen on lording your knowledge over the lowly, feel free to enlighten me. It is because you were born in the minds of men, Renard. A fox is not necessarily the craftiest of creatures, but it is crafty and suave and adaptable, a little bushel of fire wild enough to resist the yoke of civilization, and yet tame enough to dwell in its shadow, strong enough to challenge men, and yet weak enough to avoid inviting the destruction suffered by its fiercer cousins. She stepped nearer, blurring in a flurry of feathers until a pale, dark-haired woman stood before him once more. She touched a comforting hand to his cheek, gently ruffling his fur. You are an ember born of their flame, forever bound to them. What do you remember of your youth, if it could be called such? Reynard thought back to his earliest days. Halcyon memories of the rugged Anatolian highlands, 
delighting in simple tricks to sustain himself on the labor of his two-legged neighbors. He recalled a hound whose nose he could not shake, and heard once more the roar of the Aegean, dashing itself wave by wave against the Cadmian coastline. At first, he said slowly, still working over the memories, my tricks served merely to keep me alive, felling prey and evading foes. But eventually I grew bored of such mundane pursuits and turned to grander tricks to amuse myself. And now, he trailed off, looking up to meet the woman's gaze, his own eyes slowly widening. And now you tire of this as well, longing for greater fulfillment. Yes, he whispered. You are a story-given flesh, Renard, and you of all people should know that stories have a tendency to take on lives of their own. She smiled coyly, then turned, cloaking herself once more in the form of a great bird. Looming over him, she obscured the waning moon, itself growing dim with the coming day. Use that. The raven launched herself into the air, sailing up into the sea of fading stars, melting into the last traces of night. Renard stared until he could no longer make out her shadowy form, whereupon he glanced east. A new dawn was breaking over the distant mountaintops, spilling its fire into the world, a world he knew to be full of ready tinder for a mind as crafty as his, a world that was changing faster than ever before, but change did not necessarily entail death, especially not for a fox. For ages he had played his part in sparking chaos, but the time for vacuous amusement was behind him. And if he could leave such a mark merely for mirth, what might he accomplish with grander designs? Renard's face broke into a grin. I think I have just the idea of where to start. This was Riddles with a Raven by Casimir Lasky. Read for you by Rob McWolf. Werewolf Hitchhiker. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.